Everybody, my name is Josh Roach. I'm Sean Sullivan. <laughs> and joining us today for the first time, T Green. T Green. Or you can call them Green Tea. Today is November 23rd, 2019, and there are 26 days left until Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Oh my god. It's coming. It's it's happening soon. It's happening. All right, uh, Sean, did you happen to see J.J. Abrams' uh, short little uh, blurb in Rolling Stone? I did not. I did not, but I'm excited to hear about it. So they asked him this question. One thing you hear from people is that the character of Rey feels preternaturally gifted, even for a Jedi, that she learns things faster than, say, Luke Skywalker ever did. Would you agree with that? (laughs) Yeah, spooky, right? Fair point. (laughs) Right, that's what he says. Yeah, spooky, right? It's a fair point. It's not an accident, as he smiled. So does that just mean she's extremely strong, or does that mean there is some sort of like pre-training that we have not yet seen or been made aware of? Hmm. Exactly. Like, T, what do you what what do you think that means, T? Not knowing that much about Star Wars. So you know a lot about Star Wars. Because <laughs> he doesn't know not much about Star Wars. Um, well, I mean, so a couple of the theories is that, you know, she had been trained before. We know in the uh, the Last Jedi book, it says that she kind of absorbed Kylo Ren's training when their minds linked the first time. Uh, then there's the theory that she's a clone or she's a test tube baby that... So maybe she's been designed or she has programming. Yeah. I mean, that little <laughs> that little insert of like smiles in italics. Like, I, <laughs> I you know, I obviously I, I haven't seen a video of this interview, but I can just imagine J.J. Abrams kind of giving like a little clever, like sly yeah. smirk. Um, yeah. Uh, answer. Right. Uh, it's a fair point. It's uh, not an accident. You know? Yeah. 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 Something like that. Uh, I don't know. I mean... I, I, I kind of think that maybe there is some background to it that we're going to find out more about it, right? I mean, it could be the test tube baby thing. I don't know if I'd like the idea of, like, her having some training that she just forgot about or, like, I don't know, maybe somebody, like, cleared her mind with the force or something. Yeah, what if they Darth Revender? Forget about it. You know, what if they, uh, what if they Darth, Darth Revender? What if uh, somebody <laughs> cleared her mind with the force and separated her... Uh, connection to the force and now she's just slowly relearning it what are the odds that pelpy that old sheave is involved somehow if that is the case she her, her mind her little, her little uh force forgetfulness hmm. well where are our manners because when we have guests on this podcast we always ask them what is your first experience with star wars mr t um what was it the phantom menace in 
1999. 99. If you saw yeah. it when, when it came out. 1999. was the first one I ever seen. So what's your favorite Star Wars movie? <laughs> um, hmm. Phantom Menace. I would have to say Phantom Menace only because it was the first one I ever seen. So nostalgic reasons. Yeah, there you go. Sean's favorite is the Star Wars Holiday Special. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a good one. Or you know the cutscenes from uh, Lego Star Wars are right up there as well. Oh, the Freemaker Adventures are pretty sweet, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're also hearing uh, news about, well, Kathleen Kennedy was also interviewed by the Rolling Stones, and they asked her just how did Kevin Feige get his name on the roster for making a Star Wars movie. And she literally said, he just popped into the office one day and said, hey, I want to do a Star Wars. So um, they naturally said Kevin Feige, like the most, uh, the best producer there is out there, the, the best uh, track record at the moment. Uh, yeah, you can do a Star Wars. So they don't actually have a plan or a place for his Star Wars movie. So it's not going to be the next one that's coming out in, uh, what is it, 2022, is it? 20, eh, probably, right? 19, 20, yeah, three years from now, 2022. Yeah. Because, you know, we got to make room for the avatars. Yeah. Uh, those are going to be huge blockbusters again. Um, but uh, yeah, so we know it's not going to be Feige doing the next movie. However, there is a lot of talk that come um, January, they're going to announce who, who and potentially somewhat what the next Star Wars movies are going to be. And the big rumor is that uh, Favreau, Filoni, and Michelle Rejwan will be leading the charge. They'll be uh, putting together the next Star Wars trilogy. I would really be excited about that just because of how great the Mandalorian's been. Yeah. Um, would not be disappointed in that kind of news. Now, I would say when they're announcing all these different you know movies that can happen in several years, nothing's really solidified. I mean, we already saw who they've announced to do, you know, Star Wars movies, and then they said wasn't going to do or was not going to do Star Wars movies anymore. So it's it could always be fluid, but that would be exciting news to me to see if those guys are going to be involved. Yeah, and I think okay, look, if Casey was on, he'd he'd be able to tell us too. Like this kind of stuff happens in Hollywood all the time there's always projects that get started they don't make right. it past development or they might get into pre-production but they never make it to production you know right. but when you got something as big as star wars then people take we take notice you know tons of you know throw a rock and you can hit a star wars podcast we take notice you know there's probably a star wars podcast called that actually throw a rock <laughs> <laughs> throw a rock you can hit a star wars podcast the star wars podcast yeah so um no yeah like you said i mean we've had josh josh trank was going to make the mandalorian uh film and then he took a crap on that we more took a crap on the fantastic four but uh then he got you know, flushed uh then you had uh lord and miller you had uh took a crap on their own movie got flushed yeah people took a crap on uh game of thrones got last season got flushed yeah, yeah. Well, I guess they left. Yeah, on yeah, accord. Yeah. Uh, yeah, safe face, right? Let them say face. Yeah, uh, I, th- I, I, th- I, th- I think the fan backlash on that last season had a lot to do with it. I think if it was a successful last season and everybody loved it, I think it might have been a think, different story. I think here's what I think happened because Kathleen Kennedy even came out and said, "Like, hey, we'd love to have them back. They're, the door's always open for them to make a Star Wars when they have free time." 
They got that Netflix deal. It was quick, easy money. And it's not going to be, you make some Netflix original, you know, movies and stuff. That's not as big of a risk. It's not as big of a risk of backlash. You don't have a rabid fan base like Star Wars does. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, like it or not, we, I mean, we're passionate. That's a good thing. We're passionate about it. And I mean, you get upset about things because you're passionate about it. Right. So uh, I think it was easier for them just to be like, look, we've already got all this backlash from Game of Thrones. Let's just play it safe right now and not going to like yeah. one of the most hostile fan bases. Yeah. And I don't think it was probably, just, I mean, if Star Wars was wise, or, you know, which they are, I mean, Disney is wise and they know that the Star Wars fan base can be rapid and the Game of Thrones fan base is rapid. And based on, you know, what the Game of Thrones fan base current feelings are on the last season of the Game of Thrones and, those guys it's just I, I think it was a good business decision to part ways on uh yeah on however i hope that they don't scrap what they were working on because it was rumored and they have pretty much come out and said now that they were working on formation of the jedi and i would still like to see that uh, uh, that'd be awesome yeah speaking of other directors um we've got uh, a short clip here from deborah chow um now, this was taken, uh, they had a, a viewing of the first three episodes of The Mandalorian, and we actually had a few friends um, of the podcast that were at this showing, and um, Dominic Pace, the uh, gecko, who was on the podcast a few episodes ago, we were able to confirm for him, I was able to put him at ease a little bit and let him know, via a couple people I knew that went to the showing, that he was, in fact had a little bit of screen time in, in episode three, uh, as much as what he was hoping for. So he was pretty stoked about that. Um, nice. But here's, uh, here's Deborah Chow uh, being interviewed on uh, the red carpet outside the Mandalorian. Uh, it's pretty amazing because we've been working on it pretty hard for a while. Uh, so it's sort of amazing just to have it all come together and have everybody here for it. I think that was actually one of the one of the really interesting things about the project is it, it was different. It was it, it's a new period. It's an, it's new characters. Um, so everything like you know, even though you, we feel like we know so much, everything was original and new, which was really exciting. Boom! Original, new, exciting. Would you agree with that for the Mandalorian? Uh, I would agree with that. Um, I think not only is like, you know, the, the story itself new, which it is, I mean, but there's been lots of new stories that have been told in Star Wars, right? Different time frames that haven't been explored. But what I think is really new and exciting is just like the feel of it, right? I mean, it's just like a different feel that is, it's still like uniquely Star Wars, but I don't know, man. It's like, it's just different. Like it's, it's exciting. It's like the spaghetti Westerns, right? Which is kind of what the, you know, it's like a Western, but Star Wars, it's, it's, I don't know. Which is exactly, I mean, it's one of the main things that George Lucas drew from, but this is like a little extra spaghetti Western thrown into the, uh, thrown into the mix here. Mando with no name, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, We've got, next thing on the docket, there have been two new Star Wars Episode Nine uh, teasers put out. Have you seen these yet, Sean? I don't think I've seen both of them. I may have seen one, though. You want to break these down? Let's do it. All right, we'll play it through uh, the first first two little spots here, and then we'll uh, we'll break them down. Okay. Confronting fear is 
destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. If this mission fails, it was all for nothing. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. Your journey is its end. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Tickets available now. All we've done all this time. What are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. We're all in this. <laughs> Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker tickets available now. All right. Now, the very the first one. Were those the Knights of uh Knights of Ren? I'm pretty sure that yeah, that's our first glimpse. Yeah, that looked that looked a lot like uh what's going on there? At the Knights of Ren. Knights of Ren, yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six of them. What's he holding in his hand? What's that big? It's like a big blade or something. What is this that? year? Yeah, yeah, it's like a huge cleaver. <clears throat> <laughs> wow. Um, he's, he's going to like butcher some, uh, you know, some Ewoks or something. I don't know. Oh, we got to go back. So just behind him, you can see the guy back here. Can you see my cursor, Sean? Yes. All right. So you can see he's holding that giant axe thing that we talked about before and that also showed up in solo okay but uh i wonder if these are going to be like vibro blades like you see in the mandalorian yeah which would be which would be kind of cool get some synergy there they look see, a little what, different than the regular knights of Ren. i don't know there's some like from what we had seen you know in the flashbacks they don't do you think they look just like the other knights of Ren, or do you think they look a little different uh i think they look more polished here I think more like ninjas or something. I don't know. They don't look as ragged. What do you think, T? So they look, they look like ninjas for one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um. The vibro vibro blades. blades. Yeah. Um, that would be pretty cool. I just seen the first ever one that I've ever seen is on the Mandalorians that I watched the other night. Yeah, and they've been talked a lot of talked about in Star Wars. I mean, it's always been part of the lore, kind of. Vibro blade, vibro axe, but we've never vibro knucklers. Yeah, vibro knucklers. We never. Oh, I want to see one of those in the Mandalorian. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Let's get. Uh, oh, man, Ming Na Wen is supposed to be in this season of the Mandalorian, and um, let's see some Tarascasi from her, man. I want. Oh I, I want a Tarascasi name drop on on Mandalorian. With some vibro knucklers. I want to see some sick TK with the vibro exactly yeah, with the vibro knuckler doing some like awesome like back back flips and kicks and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. These guys they definitely look. The first thing that jumps out to me is they don't look as ragged as we've seen in just like the flat. I mean, mind, you know, we've only seen them like for a few seconds in those flashbacks, and they're it's in the dark and in the rain. But if these are Kylo Ren's boys and he's supreme leader of the galaxy now, like maybe new threads. Could be. I mean, do we know do we know what planet this is? This so we know that they're visiting a, the desert planet 
uh, that we see Ray on is named Pasana. Right. Uh, so this is probably Pasana. I mean, there's a possibility we could go to another desert planet because, you know, the force knows that uh, there's like 30 <laughs> of them now. Lots of desert planets out there. If we can you hit play for a second, what's I want to see the shot, like the context of the shot is like, are they moving? Are they? It's like arcing around. So yeah, it's almost like a, like they're searching for something, right? Yeah, they're looking for something. Yeah. yeah. Same planet there. And then yeah, the next shot is, uh, man, this new like speeder, but it has like a tread, almost like a really mini like version tread of like the sand crawler. And it's uh, popping up and just ejecting that jet trooper <laughs> off. So just took in like an atomic dump. It just got shot off of that. <laughs> the ejecto seat. We see Ray with the blaster Han gave her. Still don't know how she still has that blaster. Because Han gave it to her. Then she was on Taco Donna, ran away, went into the jungle, met up with Kylo Ren. He knocked her out and then took her you know, it's a Starkiller base. Pretty sure she dropped the blaster. So, I mean, what, BB-8 picked it up for her or something? It's feasible. Mm, it's possible. Good. What happened, you know? <laughs> All right. Oh, is that 3PO's like, leg hanging there? What's going on there? It's definitely, so we got another shot of 3PO here, and that's just all kinds of droid parts. It, it is like <laughs> a protocol leg. That'd be like going to club. A butcher shop, yeah. That'd be like yeah, a butcher shop. Body parts just hanging. Can you imagine that? That'd be terrible. What's he say here? Oh. There's a couple of quotes from 3PO here. Mission fails. It was all for nothing. If this mission fails, it was all for nothing. That's unfortunate. So we see, all right, so it's, it's 3PO. We see the Star Destroyers in the sky again with all the lightning. It's a lot. Finn and Janna, same shot we saw before. Now here's the shot. It looks like this is that same planet they were on when he uh, body slammed the other guy. And it looks yeah, like he's yeah. killing this guy yeah. behind him. Uh, kind of doing like a behind in the back or a backwards like stab there, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for a second, I thought that was a yellow lightsaber back here. <laughs> blaster. But it's yeah. a blaster bolt. Unless it's a Jedi throwing their lightsaber. Okay. Yeah, it's a blaster. And he's using the force here. I'm excited to see Kylo Ren like on the battlefield taking out fools. Like an open battlefield against just a bunch of guys yeah. that aren't very strong yet. yeah he's leading the charge and he's just like i want to see some force unleash stuff going on and i'm sure it won't be like you know how coyote monday got slaughtered on the battlefield well he was taken by surprise you know he didn't yeah, yeah. know his uh, <laughs> comrades were going to turn on him no it sounds like a convenient excuse for why he got slaughtered. i still like i still like tim q's idea for how that could have played out <laughs> what's that how coyote monday died yeah, so they're charging that bridge. You got that massive uh, droid cannon on the other side just blasting at them, right? Yeah. Um, Tim Q always said it would have been better if, like, Kaida Mundi turns around, they start firing at him. He blocks, like, all their blasters, and then that cannon just takes all of them out. Oh, just, yeah, it takes out the whole thing. Yeah, it takes out Kaida Mundi and the, uh, and the clone troopers. What if he just got shot by, like, one of those disintegration rifles at the Mandalorian? Has? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it disappears. 
gives new context to Darth Vader's quote, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, disintegrations. So here we see Poe, a man with a, a marvelous beard. <laughs> Look at rocks. Yeah, so Poe's saying uh, they'll fight if we lead them. You see the but, shot of old... Kind of like, like Obi-Wan and back there? That is Dominic uh, Monaghan, who is uh, Charlie yeah, from yeah, Lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Lord of the Rings, yeah, nice. Yep, uh, along with Billy Lord, uh, Connix. Her name is uh, 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 Connix, and that's actually uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter there. Uh, they are on the Space Horses. Horse things. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like the Space Horses? Yeah, whatever. They almost look like... They're fine. I don't mind that. Personally. Well. Didn't, didn't like their storyline. Well, what is their st- Oh, it's not those space horses. It's not Father oh, Years. These are different space horses. These okay. are different space horses. These are space ho- space ho- hogs. Almost. Yeah, space yeah. hog mounts. That's pretty sweet. What if they were just... Would you rather them be riding Blurgs from The Mandalorian? <laughs> <laughs> just bouncing around. They would only be the females, though. The males are killed or eaten during mating. During mating, I've spoken. <laughs> here rocks. we have a, a battle going on. These look like uh, resistance troopers over here on the left. And then our first glimpse at Sith troopers on the right. Oh, yeah. Catch that. Very good. One of them's getting blown away. Well, not good for him, I suppose. We got a Sith... Uh, trooper, Tie, tie fighter, fighter flying over. Yeah. Oh, what's going on here? It's got a big battle. That looks like it's Finn and Jana, actually. Yeah, Finn. that does look like Finn. The story lives forever. So we see the shot here again in the uh, the rec throne like, room. Uh, yeah, the, hold on, go back to that for a second. That old uh, wreckage. The old, they're going to need to call modernistic. Simple and quick. The first inexperience quality. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I remember that still. And here we go. Sith troopers in action. That's a lot of Sith troopers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. At least. Shot. And they're just, they look pretty proficient. They're just marching forward. I want to see a, I want to see some troopers that just like tear it up. I want like just they're very efficient, very accurate. Yeah, but then they wouldn't be a trooper then. They kill. They kill <laughs> Poe. They kill. They just. I want to should... see. I want to see one come down. You know, on a. Uh, you know, with a minigun or something, just taking people out. Mm. On the jetpack with a minigun. Paz Vizsla style. <laughs> That'd be cool to see. No, but I, I like the armor. I like how it looks. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks better in like this lining than it does like in all the promo shots that we get like on convention room floors and stuff. I like it. You're gonna like uh, the way. Now that looks like a little like Naboo fighter there or something. I think that's an A wing. Oh yeah, that makes sense. It looks like they're uh, maybe the the A wing's trying to get somebody off this X wing's tail. Just coming by and blasting them. Okay. A little force lightning. Not force lightning. Just general lightning going on here. Do we know, do we know what planet they're on? Could be force lightning. 
That'd be scary. It's coming like up from yeah, the it ground. Like it's coming up from. Yeah, but you, this this could be some new world where like lightning comes up from the ground constantly. Yeah, well, we've seen whatever world it is. We've seen this like dingy world. The same looks to be the same one that Palpatine's on. Looks to be the same one. The Star Destroyers are coming out of the ice. If like the color scheme and everything. Uh, yeah, fair to say, it could take a, a significant portion of the movie could take place. Uh, we see here wings in this shot um taking on all these man there's a lot of star destroyers here like as far as the eye can see and then got a uh blockade runner which uh if we were if you guys read resistance reborn it's the novel that just came out and it basically leads it's it's filling in some gaps between episodes eight and episode nine it's telling how they've rebuilt the rebellion a little bit and it actually tells the story of how they get this blockade runner, which is not the Tantive 4. A different blockade runner. A different blockade runner. Just like, uh, Sean, did you know in episode 3, at the end of episode 3, the blockade runner that C-3PO is on, when they say, you know, wipe his memory, oh my, uh, that is not the Tantive 4 either. That is the Sundered Heart. Oh, okay. I never knew that. Yep. Now you know. The more you know. Poe and his X-Wing. Here we go. Now, somebody told me that they fixed, quote-unquote, fixed this shot to where his cape is now in the reflection, but it's not. What? Okay. You remember there was that... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not there. I would have not noticed that, but you're right. It's not there. Interesting. Nope. Somebody said that it was. Somebody lied. (laughs) Somebody lied. Ray and Kylo going at it. Sean, if you had to put money down, when do you think that battle on the wreckage of the Death Star takes place? Oh, I'm going to say towards the second half of the second half of the movie. Second half? Yeah, I don't think that happens in the beginning. I think they would save that Death Star. Uh, I'm just guessing that they, maybe they save that towards uh, later in the movie. I'm I'm thinking it's going to be towards after the halfway point. Yeah. Uh, or no, 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 no. The Death Star stuff, I think it's going to be in the, in the beginning. In the beginning. Oh, you think so? Why is that? Because Kylo doesn't have his helmet. We know he's rebuilding his helmet. We see him with his helmet later. So I think it might be before he reforges his helmet. I think this might be like an initial spar we see the two of them in. So they're at the Death Star at the beginning of the movie for what reason? Well, they're both being called there for something, right? Interesting. For old Pelpy. Old Sheev. So it, to me, it looks like when we saw that shot earlier of them in old Sheev's chambers, his uh, old throne, throne room there, that's, uh, that's probably their initial meetup because they're not wet there. And we see Ray jumping around in the wreckage of the Death Star. I think that they meet up in the Death Star in his chambers. They're both there for something. They're not just like strolling around the Death Star graveyard for no good reason. Um, maybe Pelpy's calling him there. Maybe T's calling him there. T? Is that true, T? <laughs> what do you think? T summoned them I can see it being in the beginning of the movie. <clears throat> um, mostly because just watching the preview, like Josh said, um, his helmet's not there. Right. Um, which, speaking of the helmet, I think it looks cool. <laughs> I would... The, I would like it if it was. I'd like it if it was in the beginning of the movie, and that's like when, 
old Pelpy reveals himself just because I want as much Pelpy screen time as possible. So <laughs> if he like, if, if he's like in it throughout the movie, that would be awesome. As opposed to just like him being coming in like halfway through or near the end or something. So we've seen this uh, white room before. And in the last trailer, they were swinging and destroying something. We thought we were pretty sure it was the Darth Vader helmet. Some people weren't sure. Here it is. We're in the white room. And there's the Darth Vader helmet. Looks like the helmet that you made. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it does a little. Yeah. It's, it's right up there. Yeah. That's what I that's what I was going for. And so does it look like this is in space still? Do we think this is on a space? It looks like I mean it's looks like it. Captured again. Hmm. What do you think, Sean? Think she was captured, or you think she uh, came on her own volition again? Uh, doesn't doesn't look like she's captured. I mean, yeah, she's got all I mean, her would, gear. Yeah, would they let her have the lightsaber if she was captured? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. So is she coming for the helmet? She's going there for something. Hmm. We don't got know. the rifle on the back. She got the lightsaber. That's, yeah, her uh, her staff there. Her staff. Sorry. And she's got. Uh, She's got, uh, well, we don't want all the sweaties. Did, 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 did she appear to be just walking casually or was she like sneaking around? It looks like she's like, because even the way that this is like being presented, it's starting off on the helmet. It looks like she's just like snuck into Kylo's room and she's like, she's a little stunned. She's like, there it is. Maybe it's calling to her. What if we get another force vision from her if she touches this helmet? Could be. You mm. see good old uh, Hayden? Ooh. I really want to see Hayden in this. I don't know. I still think he's going to be in it. I still got. I still think he's going to be in it. So I mean, think, I I just think it was too coincidental that he started, uh, you know, touring with good old Ian McDiarmid. Yeah, and then they called off having pictures and all that kind of stuff. I I still think he has some kind of. The biggest know. thing that shouts out to me is they they had a panel together and Disney shut it down. Something's going on, man. Shut it down. Something is going on. Yeah, so it looks like, okay, so we can guess she's sneaking around looking for something. It, one way or another, this helmet is drawing her attention. Whether that's what she came for or not, she is there. She's always got well, this pack on. I mean, honestly, though, like, it'd probably draw her attention anyways. I mean. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. You see this, this like, melted helmet just sitting there. It looks like Vader's helmet. You'd be like, I would check it out, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If she came for the helmet or if she didn't, either way, you're checking out Vader's helmet. What if, what, what, what if she does like what Indiana Jones did and like tries to like replace <laughs> the weight with, without sensors going off? She just like grabs big, Kylo's a big, helmet. A big boulder just like chases her down like the hallways and that. <laughs> so we get a quick shot of them, the celebration on uh, Pasana. What are they those, celebrating? Those dirt bike things. Again, what do you think they're celebrating on that planet? I don't know. It kind of looks like it's just like a Woodstock or something, doesn't it? It just <laughs> looks like everybody's having a gay old time. They're like, what is this big party? Yeah. They're like, I don't know what all that powder is, but we're going to find out. The Festival of Colors. Interesting. Possibly this is a, just a huge Festivus festival. Yeah. It, could, it could just be like a seasonal, you know, like a carnival or something. Yeah, it could yeah. be like... I mean, you got these like big tents set up. It could be some, some kites. Yeah, you got a bunch of kites flying around. I don't know. I don't know. Could just be the end of the movie. 
Some now I heard somebody else say that. What I don't think so. I, like don't, I, don't, I don't think they would do that. Celebration. <laughs> it, it, what if they were just uh you know the the special edition when they put in all like those planets celebrating after this is it. Was killed? This is just them. They've been celebrating for like four, like fifty years straight or forty years. <laughs> straight or whatever. They don't even know Palpatine that the first order happened. That <laughs> yeah, Palpatine came back and he's dead again for, for thirty years. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but none of them look tore up or ragged enough for this to be the end of the movie. As I pointed out before. Poe at one point takes off his scarf and he has it wrapped around his arm as if it's like wounded. And we don't see that there. <clears throat> Poe's still no. wearing his ascot there. Okay. See the same shot of them getting chased. Whoa. His, uh, his woohoo that he has to have in every movie. <laughs> now here we go. Drink woohoo. Uh, woohoo! Oh, or something. <laughs> like some ash or snow falling okay so this we're thinking is on uh according to vanity fair carrie russell's new character zori bliss they pictured her on the snow planet of kajimi in the thieves quarters and this looks like that to me okay and so it's snowy we see that ray is facing down it looks like kylo ren it looks like kylo ren yeah and there's somebody up there there's his, yep, there's cr- there's his cross guard lightsaber. So that would mean her and Kylo have at least mm-hmm. two times they meet with lightsabers during this movie. Well, three, because we have them here on this. We have them on the Death Star, and we have them in the white room. In the white room with black curtains. Does it show them fighting in the white room? Yeah, they destroyed that uh, pillar that Vader's helmet was on, remember? Interesting. Okay, so you have at least three different places. And here we get the shot of Kylo also in the white room. Do you like my Vader helmet? That, that, that seems like the end of the movie to me. This white room. The white room? Yeah. Now, if it's to be believed that uh, this is the most prominent, we've seen Kylo's helmet here. He's standing in the white room, facing off against Rey. We, well, we can deduct. And uh, all the red. We've seen it before, but we maybe it's just the white lighting. But remember... I uh, theorized months ago, what if it's like a way like uh, to tell what his mood is? And then that toy came out and it said, the louder you yell with the Kylo Ren helmet with the red, the red glows brighter and brighter. Yeah, so it's just like a, an anger, a dark side of the force thing. And a, yeah. yeah, anger thing. Yeah, it could so be. He gets out of the refresher, out of the vac tube, and he walks out just pulling up his pants. <laughs> Ray in his room. Messing with his Vader helmet. Ah! He's just pissed instantly. <laughs> That's my favorite toy. Don't touch my helmet. <laughs> it's it's J.J. Uh, Abrams, you know, <laughs> Ryan Johnson, you broke my damn helmet. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> well, I like I, that helmet. You think it's going to be Simba? You think it's just going to be that, or do you think there's going to be more to it? I'll, I'm sure they'll put more to it. Because, I mean, he's keeping... Okay, so in the comics, we've seen Darth Bowman's helmet can hold his essence, and he can possess people from after death with it. He's holding on to Vader's helmet. Something's been talking to him through Vader's helmet. I still think it's been Palpatine manipulating him this whole time. And now we've, get, we've got him rebuilding his helmet. So he's like, he's like a coach talking to like a quarterback at a football game, like speakers in his helmet. Like call, play, do kind the play of. calling. Yeah, yeah. Direct line into Kylo Ren's brain. Okay. Okay. 
throw a tantrum now. Now throw it. <laughs> okay. You want to? All right. I'll give you. I'll give you tips on how to pick up Ray. Now, 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 brood. <laughs> Just sit there and brood. <laughs> so, is this here maybe after? Because we see Ray being a, and Kylo approaching. She's at the edge of a uh, uh, docking bay, and the Falcon is turning around there. And here's that shot from was it Vanity Fair? Kylo's holding his helmet, so he's got his helmet off. So he's probably just been having a heart to heart with Ray again. So what's causing this? What what is causing this light? I mean, is it is it like this, a ship just like backfiring? Or what I believe it? it's the Falcon's. Uh, it's the Falcon. Exhaust. Look at that. See that right up there on the left. Just like taking off. So here's Kylo. Yeah. So like if you remember in the Force Awakens <clears throat> when they took off out of Han's big freighter and they blew all the guys from uh, what was it, Kanji Club or whatever back. Yeah, that the Kanja Club. So that's what's happening. Like all these guys are just getting, you know, thrust back by the thrusters, and Kylo's just like, nope, <laughs> nope, I can use the force. I'll just use the force and just stand here. And then Ray <laughs> is leaping out into the void of space through space. Well, how? Wait, hold on. How is like? I, I guess I could buy like her being in space because like Leia did that thing. It's a force thing. But how is he in space? He's got one of those masks on. No. Yeah, you can see something covering. He's got one of the masks, like uh, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. And she's pulling a Leia Poppins. Oh my god! Leia Poppins is back. (laughs) Yes, JJ brought back Leia Poppins. Now it's Leia Poppins. God. Yes, more Leia Poppins. I hope. I hope Leia's just Leia Poppins all over the place in this movie. Just floating around. She doesn't even walk. She just hovers. We see the same shot that we got in the last teaser. We saw the uh, the Orbex. The Orbex again. I believe that's what they're called. Orbex. Those uh, the hog. The hog. <laughs> it's probably, probably just is like warthogs backwards or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then here is Ray confronting like some the, sort of uh, throne, throne there. Yep, yeah. it's that throne we saw. Is there a laugh right there? Yes. <laughs> going crazy. And that, yeah, Sean is just laughing there. <laughs> We're all in this. <laughs> and then here she is just grinning at uh, Kylo. She's like, hey, as they're locking <laughs> lightsabers. No, she looks pretty pissed. That's something for a Jedi. She so- shows a heck of a lot of emotion when she's fighting. It's very toothy. Yeah. Very toothy. <laughs> Yeah. So what can we take from these trailers? What are these little teasers? Other than it's showing us um, more clips once again. I don't know. I think, I mean, at least for me, my big takeaway is that there's going to be a lot of Ray and Kylo interaction. A oh, lot of time want, they're going to they're gonna spend together on the screen. Let's dive into the, the Raylo. Yeah. <laughs> dive into the Raylo. See, what's your big takeaway? Um... It's going to be a good movie. This is after she's jumping out of the ship after Kylo catches her yeah. playing with his helmet. <laughs> Get off my ship. She's like, I know Kylo well enough. I know the password. I can sneak into his room and guess the password. She's just like, hmm, what could the password be? It's three digits. Hmm. R E Y. Yep, that was it. All right. <laughs> 
spells out like Luke or whatever, or mm-hmm. Vader on like the number pad or something. Vader's favorite. So, so why do you? Th- okay, so real question about this: is, is this Palpatine's throne? And if it is, so that did he build it? Has he just been sitting in this throne room? Is it like Krypton or something? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> this, I okay. So the throne itself, like the big rocky throne here, actually looks like a uh, oh, what's it called? It's a certain type of flower. Um. Uh, I don't know. Selena Jade, if you look her up on social media, she posted it. Um, it, it looks like some sort of flower, and in a lot of cultures, it is significant. It signifies resurrection. Is it? Do we know it's a throne? I mean, or it could this be like some like rock you know, cropping of rock, rock formation? Yeah, it's. De- I mean, th- it's definitely the throne. We we saw the front of it in one of the previous trailers. Okay. So it's just a big old throne, and it actually has, in some of the stuff that's been released at the conventions and stuff with the Sith Troopers, there is a Sith em- official Sith emblem now, and that Sith emblem is etched onto the front of this throne. So, so I mean... So this is a Sith throne. So Sith throne, I mean, is it Palpatine's throne? If it is, has he been there, like, physically on it? Like, puppeteering from it for, for a long time? Well, when we see it in the previous trailer, he is not there. It's just an empty throne. Maybe someone like built it for him for when he comes back and he's resurrected or something. I don't know. Well, let's remember that it is loosely canon that the Sith, before the Republic, the Sith ruled the galaxy. The Sith are the first ones that took over the galaxy. They were like Rome, right? They took over the whole galaxy. They ruled the galaxy. And then when the Jedi rose up and helped to conquer them, then the Republic was formed. Yeah, I mean, so this is definitely not like they didn't. It's not something that was built recently. No, right? I think it's this like was like it's very wet. It's very weathered. It looks ancient. Yep. I think this is the ancient throne of the Sith Empire that Palpy is somehow utilizing. And Palpy is maybe utilizing some ancient Sith alchemy, or maybe Palpatine's ancient himself. So let's not forget that like everything outside of the movies that we knew about Palpatine. It's not canon anymore. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Plagueis Palpatine could be bigger than what we know. Palpatine like, could be ancient. They just need to make Plagueis canon because it was so awesome. But yeah. So I know, listening to the Dark Disciple uh, book, they talk about the the actual like throne room under under the Jedi temple. Yeah. Under the Jedi temple. Yeah. Yeah. There was a Sith temple under. And they thought that they had destroyed. That's when it was. It was after the Sith Empire toppled. They took over Coruscant, made it the, uh, and it was like a main Sith temple. And the Jedi thought, in order to cap this, in order to keep this contained, we'll tear down the temple and we'll build a new light side Jedi temple to contain the darkness here. But they didn't get it all. And Palpatine just was sneaking in there. Maybe he was there from the get go. Who knows? Sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. sheevy, sheevy. Sneaky, sneaky guy. Sheevy, sheevy, sheevy. Sheevy, sheevy, sheevy. All right. So, yeah, that's my big takeaway. I don't know, Josh. What's your big uh, takeaway from these new teasers? Uh, yeah. I Kind of like what you said. Like, we're seeing there's multiple Ray Kylo encounters now. Yep. Um, and we've, we're getting Palpatine, vo- like, cackling and laughs over them. I think that the big three in this movie are going to be Ray and Kylo and Palpatine. And that would be awesome. that the interactions between those three are what's going to drive the plot. I think that 
like we said, they're being drawn to the Death Star. I think it's at the beginning. I think it's Palpatine that's drawing them both there. And remember what he says in one of the previous trailers, long have I waited for you to come together and it will yeah. be Man, I hope so. Ian McDiarmid is just such a great actor, man. He just plays Palpatine so good. I just love the character. I'm really hoping we see a lot of him. The more Palpatine, the better. Uh, I would just have a whole <laughs> two hours of Palpatine, man. That'd be great. Two hours of Palpatine. Now, would you? Is Palpatine done after this, or what? Oh, he's you want You think he's done, or what if he just survives? I mean, he could, but I think they're going to tie him up. I mean, I, I think he's going to like be obliterated. I mean, he, he already kind of died before, but I think like his Force power, his Force ghost, will just be. Hmm. Cool little, how, how did Palpatine clone Baby Yoda? I saw as one of the little thumbnails there for another, <laughs> another video. Baby oh, Yoda. man, I love the soundtrack. God, I love the Mandalorian soundtrack. So let's talk the Mandalorian. Episodes one, or episodes two, The Child, and episodes three, The Thing. Sean, uh, well, first of all, Sean, we haven't heard, we haven't heard your take, official take on the Mandalorian. I can't hear you; it's so loud. Okay. We haven't heard even your official. All right, Sean, we haven't even heard your official take on the Mandalorian episode one yet. So, what do you think, my friend? Um, strong nine point five out of ten, I would say. Ooh. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was it was very entertaining personal favorite scene was probably when they had the like the bounty hunter droid and him kind of like walking forward and the droid is just like taking everybody out and spinning <laughs> around and doing all that crap and up then just, top yep then then you know there was like a, just the right amount of like comedy mixed in but it wasn't like over the top um the whole western feel i mean it was just it was a very strong first episode and got me super hyped up so and then the surprise at the end with little baby yoda that was awesome Freaking baby Yoda. <laughs> Lovingly referred to as Yiddle. Little Yiddle. Um, so Sean, what's your what's your theory on little Yiddle? I mean, he could be cloned, could be cloned Yoda. Um that would probably be the leading theory, I suppose. Clone Yoda. But I don't know. Just, could so, just be an, uh, another of his species that just happens to be very force sensitive. Well, we or broke, they, or, or maybe uh, they just have like really valuable organs that they want to harvest. I don't know. I want to harvest something from. Them. We broke this down on the last podcast. Okay, uh, fifty years old. Yep. So 50. I did the math on that. He seems like he he acts like a little, like top but, but he really should be. I mean, assume that Yoda was like what. 80. So, so let's say he's 10 times, maybe he was 90, right? So Yoda, they age 10 times slower. Right. So then really that would make little baby Yoda like five. But he acts younger than five, doesn't he? Yeah, I would think more of like a, like a two or three year old. Yeah. Like he so, doesn't speak. But <clears throat> so Yoda trained Jedi at 100 years old, meaning it'll only take baby Yoda another 50 years to reach full maturity. Unless Baby Yoda's been like cryogenically frozen or something. It's possible. Eh, maybe. Or maybe Baby Yoda trains, like becomes very po powerful. Or, you know, he trains people when he's like <laughs> like 10 or so, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Very young trainer. I don't know. So just to clear things up, the, the planet that they're on with Quill, the uh, 
the uh, Ugnolt, Ugnolty, the uh, the Ugnolty, uh, Quill, the planet they're on is not Tatooine with the Jawas. It is Arvala 7, yet another desert planet in the Star Wars belt. With Jawas and sand crawlers. Yes, with Jawas and sand crawlers. And I mean, but, okay, so the Jawas are red-eyed. They got grayer robes. And if you look at the action figure they've released with the red-eyed, gray-robed Jawas, they're called Off-World Jawas. So, Interesting. Yeah, I just thought that, uh, you know, it was like Star Wars Galaxies, the movie or the show. So That's what it's like, right? Like, Oh, it was great. Got this encampment, and there's a bunch of enemies, and they're all Niktos, like one race. And you're like, all right, got to take out like these 50 guys, and then I've got to blast the door repeatedly until I yeah. can break in and get my prize. I just read like I read some negative reviews on the first episode. We're like, oh, he didn't take his helmet off. Like it wasn't personable. You know, they didn't do a lot of character building and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, I liked it. Like I liked that it. He didn't have to take his helmet off. And well, boom! Fast forwarding to episode three, we get character development in him not taking his helmet off. Yeah. When they're when. This uh, the way. Yeah, this is the way when he goes to the armorer with after he gets baby Yoda, he gets that comptono of uh of oh what's it called? <laughs> Beskar. Beskar. Yeah, he yeah. gets the comptono. Which okay, call back. <laughs> Empire <laughs> Strikes City, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back, Cloud City, Will Roll Hood is running around with the ice cream maker at Star <laughs> Wars Celebration. There is a running of the Will Roll Hoods. With the ice cream maker months so now, ah, it's gonna be funny next year, right? <laughs> Favreau posted the ice cream maker on the set, and everybody was like, "Oh, he's got the ice cream maker." It's just gonna, you know, be- they're just gonna run around with like Beskar now on it. Yeah, right. They were saying like, "Oh, you know, it's just gonna be like in the background or something." People were like, "Well, what if it's an older Wilro Hood just walking around in the background?" <laughs> no, it is a, like a freaking front and center, dude. Which it makes it, it makes it, uh, in canon now, it makes it makes more sense that why Wilro Hood is fleeing with the ice cream yeah. maker because it's like a safe. Yeah, it's like a safe. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was dude, I love <clears throat> all of like the the Easter eggs and like fan service and tie-ins. Like it's not in like an over the top way. It's just done very like tastefully. No. Like, and they're just tying all everything together and it's very pleasing to to fans. So he picks up baby Yoda. He do you baby think Yoda's that's the last we've seen of IG eleven? Could be, maybe. I don't know. You think I'd be a droid? Because it was awesome. You think the droid, the battle droid's dead? Um, I would say he's dead. He did not get to initiate self-destruct. He did not. So I have spoken. Yeah, that was my that was my theory on the last podcast. We talked about episode one. Um Brian and Casey and Chad were pretty adamant that they thought that it was different bounties from different people, but it is um confirmed that uh, Werner Herzog uh, sent multiple bounty hunters after him, and he really didn't care if the thing was alive or dead. Can we talk about how like awesome Werner Herzog is in this? The man ate his own boot. <laughs> <laughs> he did, but like I... If you like watch him in interviews, he just like is that character. He's a very like serious man, right? Oh, yeah, definitely he's... typecast. God, it was just so good. Bounty hunting. <laughs> It's a complicated. It's a complicated profession. profession. Yeah. Um, all right. So his flee from uh, what's it called again? Arvala Seven. 
the Jawas. <laughs> the rifle. The egg. The, the egg. egg. The egg. The egg. The egg. <laughs> yeah, the mud horn. Now we know what that is. It's a mud horn. A, a hairy egg. Yeah, the hairy. It's a I very guess, hairy egg. I guess it makes it easier to pass. Ugh, terrible. <laughs> Sliding that right. I mean, what if it gets stuck there? Is that just like a giant dingleberry? <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Giant hairy dingleberry. Ugh, that's awful. Oh, man. Yeah, I loved that he was just destroying Jawas. He was going, I mean, we got a call back. So, so awesome. To uh, Indiana Jones and the tank scene there. Yep. We got a call back to like the original Batman with him climbing up and just like taking people out on the way up. <laughs> yep. And I absolutely love that the Mandalorian is not bulletproof. Like, yeah. he's got his like butt handed to him a couple times now. Yep. Yeah. Once by the, a blurg. Either blurg. <laughs> yeah. Blurg. By the Mudhorn. By the Jawas. Josh, if you, if you if you can't mount a blurg when your ancestors mounted your ancestors the mythosaur. rode the mythosaurs. <laughs> I have spoken. I have uh, spoken. That, that Ugnaught's awesome. I for like a split second, I thought the Ugnaught was going to be like part of his crew and follow him around. I guess. Oh, I wanted it. I wanted I it so bad. Do you think we've seen the last of Ugnolty? I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. No, he'll think, be back. Maybe he'll go and hide out there for a minute. I think we see him again at some point, man. And if not this season, if, if I think we see him again at some point. So he, what I loved about uh, the Jawa scene is literally Favreau said that some of the sequences that he's come up with for this literally were taken from childhood memories of him just playing with his action figures. And I think <laughs> this scaling the side of the, the sand crawler with the Jawas is just that. <laughs> It was just a fun scene. Action figures. Yeah, just it, 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 it didn't really serve a lot of purpose because it, nothing really happened. <laughs> like he didn't move the story along because he still had to go get his stuff. Well, but it, was, I, it was just a fun scene. It was just yes. a plot de- plot device to uh, to show Baby Yoda's force potential. <clears throat> Baby Yoda and to grow the bond between the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. Yiddle. Yeah. yeah. Um, where Yiddle saved his butt. Um. I mean, that's what this whole this whole episode really was about. I mean, as opposed to him just like finding the baby Yoda and instantly going back and just like turning it over in episode three. Right, because he would have just turned to, him over and been done with it. Exactly. They needed to show that connection being built. They did a good job at it. Yeah, the the little uh the ball on the top of the handle was a perfect little plot device there. Yep. Just to drive him back. But what did you did you expect for uh little Yiddle to uh be force sensitive? Yes. I, I, I thought through the whole episode before he actually used it for us that he was going to use it at some point. Well, Even he was when he like, walked over to him and tried to like heal him. Yeah, I thought that, yep. I thought he was going to use the force. And then he just was like done with it and threw him back in the cradle. Like, Keep setting him down. He's like, just walking over. <laughs> but I, yeah, I knew he was going to use the force. I didn't expect it to be that soon, though. Yeah, and that powerful, man. Like, yeah. But it, uh, it sure knocked him down for a minute. It takes a lot out of you, man. Uh, yeah, stopping a mud horn. But how about that <laughs> surgical blow to the mud horn? That was awesome. <laughs> With a little vibro blade. Just <laughs> straight through the neck. I, I mean, I know uh, Count Dookie Brian was kind of complaining about it. He's like, come on, that that easy? And I'm like, 
he's like an assassin. He's a bounty hunter. That'd be like getting a shot like straight to your temple. Right. That right at your jugular. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it was it was a well positioned shot or uh, with with the Bible incision. So they they go back. He uh, he gets uh, Ugnolty to help him out, rebuild the Razor Crest, flies back, and gets back and immediately takes him back to uh, Werner Herzog. And I just love that as soon as they walk in and that stormtrooper like starts manhandling that crib. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Hey, careful with that." You like, be careful. Yeah, you know, right away. He's like, he's like, you be careful or something like that. It's a very stormtrooper response. Yeah, these stormtroopers. <laughs> Idiots. I don't know how they get off thinking they're so, so odd, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we can take this Mandalorian. Four against one. If there's like, it feels like there's like differing opinions on how like strong Mandalorians are. Like, Ugnolthy was like, oh, Mandalorians. But then like that guy in the bar in the first scene was just like, hey, Mando. Like that guy just like thought he could easily take a Mandalorian. So I think what it is, okay, we've get we've got some uh, some hints at this. Um, so Mandalorians, they have a long, proud history, right? Originally, they were conquerors they went to mandalore and they conquered mandalore and they tamed and rode the mythosaur Uh, then we talked about this on a few podcasts ago the sith emperor from outside came in and convinced them to wage war (laughs) against the galaxy and the mandalorians from like a, a specific planet one planet of these warriors almost took over the entire galaxy and it took the Jedi and all of the Republic to like beat them back. So they come from that proud heritage. All of their technology is designed to combat the Jedi. They started making like the jetpacks, the, you know, the, um, flamethrowers, the, what do you call those? The, the grappling, ca- hooks. The, the grappling hook cable. That's all to mimic the Jedi's like force pull, force push, jumping, you know. Um, but then they went through a period where they kind of, in the Clone Wars, uh, Duchess Satine was like a pacifist. They became pacifists, but then you had Death Watch, who like respected their heritage of like warriors. And then you fast forward into Rebels, and in Rebels we see that the Empire created a weapon that basically um, was attracted to the Beskar and it destroyed the person. It like electrified and superheated the Beskar. Basically it vaporized the Mandalorian and it left the Beskar. So that's the purge they talk about. So it literally like just incinerated, like disintegrated, like what their weapons do, what his weapon does, but left the Beskar. And that's how they gained all that Beskar. So the guy in the bar is like making fun of the Mandalorian. He's more, he knows like the Mandalorians are like beaten down. They talk about the covert. They're all in hiding now. They only come out at once, one at a time. One at a time. And so I think that the big bald guy was like, yeah, whatever. Mandalorians are done. You know, you guys have, just, he's making fun of them. Hey, Mando. Hey, Mando. Mando. Yeah. But on the other hand, you got Ugnolty, who's just basically probably like read the stories of their great exploits from years past yeah yes yeah carl weathers also refers to him as mando mando now we have we we have heard his name yeah it's uh what is it again grief cargo right 
Oh uh, yeah, yeah, but we know the Mando's name. Oh, because he, he gave it away in an interview, didn't he? He gave it away in an interview. We won't say it on the show because I know some people don't want to don't want to know it, but uh, it is out there. Um, but yeah, I thought it was it was cool. He, he, did you think he was going to just turn in Baby Yoda? T, did you think he was just going to turn in Baby Yoda? <laughs> At any point, did you think? I know you asked me while we were watching it yesterday if I thought, or would I turn him in? Right. And I <laughs> that I would probably, I would would like to think that I wouldn't. Well, I mean, it's a lot writing. <laughs> it's okay. a lot of. You got your cult, your whole heritage. Yeah. Like we just went over, his people have been disgraced, beaten down, slaughtered for this best car, and now you got freaking Werner Herzog. The whole time, he's just basically basically making fun of the Mando. He is. Like, I mean, everything he says is like a backhanded, like, insult to him. Oh, it's good to, you know, get, have the best guard back in the hands of the Mandalorian after a time of whatever he says. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. He does mention the purge. He mentions the purge. He even says it's harder to find. In episode three, he says it's harder to find a Mandalorian than it is the best guy. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I, 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 thought, I thought he was going to bring him back. And drop him off, and then a few more episodes would pass, and then he would come back and, and get like he'd feel bad or whatever would happen. I didn't yeah. think it was gonna be right away. I assume that he was gonna like like you said, go through a couple of episodes and then come and yeah. get him. Um, didn't expect it to be that big that of a episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so like uh, Werner Herzog, like the other guy, that Imperial guy <laughs> with like the glasses. Uh, Doctor Pershing. Yeah, he, he's. Duck, duck, Dr. Pershing Dr. must excuse Pershing. his, or whatever he said. <laughs> he, he has a very, like, uh, like mad doctor, like, vibe to him. Like, he's, like, doing experiments, like, like some, like, uh, German Nazi doctor or something. Right, and so, in the, when we went over the first episode, I said, I get more of the feeling that Werner Herzog doesn't care if, I, he actually wants Yedl dead. Yeah. And he was more saying like the bounty hunting is a complicated profession. So, you know, if you have to kill him, go ahead. But I think the undertone of that was kill him. It's, I'm just <clears throat> saying it for this guy over here. And that's confirmed in episode three when the Mandalorian spares Dr. Pershing because he's actually like trying to protect him. He's trying to protect baby Yiddle. So I don't know if like you guys got that sense, but it sounds like to me that it, it's coming down from someone else. Yes. That yeah. they, want, no, I, they want this baby Yoda. I think it's going to be Giancarlo Esposito. Is Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, yeah. Moff Gideon is his name. Mm, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think Werner Herzog's probably going to come to a bloody end here pretty soon or a disintegrated end. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see, I don't see Werner Herzog being, you know, an extended character in the series. I think he's, he's got no. a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I think he's going to be the first box that the Mando's going to check off if he starts uh, taking these people out. Um, Doctor Pushing. Yeah, so he goes in. My my thought process was kind of like yours, T. I thought really that he was probably going to go in. He was going to return. He was going to give give up Yiddle. And maybe somebody else was going to come to him and make him have a change of heart, like explain what was going on with baby Yiddle and say like, this is what it is. And he was like, yeah, I kind of had a feeling I've got a connection. I'll help you out. I know where they're at. And, you know, not just like turn around and go back. <laughs> One man army. <laughs> but so he goes, he gets the payment and he goes back to their covert. 
this was an awesome scene. Now, I, you know, a couple things that we want, I, I wanted, when I heard some other people say that they really wanted was uh, Mando on Mando action and Mandalorians <laughs> Mando fighting together. Mando. Mando. We got Mando on Mando. You know, uh, well, that's we what did. somebody asked me. Um, so talking about character development and not taking the helmet off, they talk about this here. So when, do you think they really don't take the helmet off? You that's what they said. Like, have you taken the, the helmet off? No. So, so how, are they, how are they eating? And second off, how are they brushing their teeth? Well, Hannah was asking how they make more Mandos. <laughs> just clanking the buckets together when you hear something that's yeah, it must be really loud when they're like, <laughs> just hear some loud clanking. It's like, oh, we're making baby Mandos. No, um, but I mean, right there is character development, right? Like, you, I, I assume that they take it off in private, maybe to yeah. wash or to you know sleep or. Unless Agnolti just used the pressure washer just to spray him down, get all that mud off him. But, but you think they're just not taking it off in public in front of other people? Right. I don't think they reveal themselves to anybody except for maybe like their significant well, other, whatever. Yeah, like that, yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, the big Mando that confronts him, his name is... Um, the, the full-grown Mando? Yeah, the full-grown Mando with the, with the repeater. Yeah, he. Uh, uh, it's being said his name is Paz Vizla, and he's actually voiced by John Favreau. Yeah. So um, Vizla, he played um, pre Vizla in the Clone Wars, leader of the Death Watch, leader of the Warrior Mando. So this is from the same clan. That's cool. Um, yeah, so, and I, I think somebody was even saying that Paz Vizsla is even in the Clone Wars. You see him in the Clone Wars earlier. So he's an older Mando. He's like full-grown in the Clone Wars. Um, that's hearsay, though, so don't, don't, don't take that to the bank. But, uh, no, I thought it was pretty cool that they, they fought over it and then that the armorer, who seems to be like their covert tribe leader, was able to be like, look, this is the way of the Mando. We survive by being in secret. Let's not fight each other. He's followed the Mando code. You followed the Mando code. We've all got to work together. And that comes full circle at the end. Yeah. Oh, man. That was an that awesome was, scene. That was epic. As, as soon as I watched that. Um, so we had Dominic Pace on, who plays Gecko, who's uh, you, you see in this. Um, he's probably one of the more prominent other bounty hunters. He's right-hand man to Grief Karga there. You see him at the... Uh, you see him at the cantina. Um, I'm trying to look up exactly what I messaged him as soon as I watched the episode. <laughs> Grief Karga sent you. <laughs> yeah, here, what I say? Uh, you took place in probably the first multiple Mandalorian, the first time multiple Mandalorians were seen in action together since the purge, and the first time in live action we ever saw, you know, multiple Mandalorians. Like, that's like the the shootout at the OK Corral in a yeah, galaxy dude, far, dude. far away. Oh, so cool, man! The whole scene was awesome. Yeah, just them coming out and like surrounding him, and yeah, and you think for like you're not gonna trust freaking Apollo Creed over there, you know? <laughs> Grief Carga, he's like, yeah, well, just trust me and put the baby down, and, and maybe we'll, I will give you passage. Yeah, maybe, maybe I will. No, you're not. You're not going to. I, I, I almost thought Apollo. I almost thought Grief Cargo wasn't making it out because yeah, he, but he, he kind of was like, 
<laughs> right. <laughs> like sneaks out of there. Oh man. Well, I know you asked me after everything was said and done, you were like, you think he's dead? And the first thing I said is no, because I saw the, the Vizgar in his, his Oh, the chest. Vizgar, yeah. 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 Vizgar? Sorry. That's okay. I, I have a hard time remembering what it's called at all. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, no, that's what he got shot in. And then, like, literally two seconds later, he's, like, pulling it out of his chest Ooh. with a black mark on it. So, so does anybody know, like, are the other Mandalorians that are kind of in hiding, are they bounty hunters as well? Or is he, like, just the only Mandalorian bounty hunter? I asked that same question. <laughs> I, and we don't have a definite answer for that, right? Like, right. Um, what are I, they doing? Just don't know. Like, evidently, they're, it seems like they're doing something to support the covert, right? It have to be, right? Because he's going and he's making, you know, he's, uh, every time he's getting this stuff, he's, when he took his last bounty, he got the calamari flan. <laughs> it sounds like a delicious dish. <laughs> he, he, he just brings it back. He's like, hey, guys, I got dinner tonight. Like, well, he goes and he gives it to the armor, right? He gives her the best gar. And she's like, oh, this will do for a pauldron. And he's like, here's the calamari flan. So he's like giving all of his money that he's earning yeah. to her. And they're like divvying think, it out. Like, you think he's just like supporting them all? I think they're all supporting each other in this community. I agree, but like you know, I mean, do you think he's supporting everyone, or do you think the other ones are doing something to bring in, you know? Well, they make a point of saying that they only leave the covert one at a time, so I think they're all going out. They're just not going out in groups. Mm -hmm. Um, He leaves like catching, chasing down bounties for an extended period of time. Like you think? I'm assuming they're leaving while he's going. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think they're going out. Like you know, I'll go out and then wait like an hour, and maybe Paz Vizsla goes out, wait like an hour, and then. They're not they going out like, like the, the battle. Like, yeah, they just don't want to trace them back to where they're at, I'm assuming. Yeah, so they're not, you know, leaving in great numbers. And they're probably leaving and sneaking out different ways so they can't keep track of how many there are. Yeah. You know? I can see that. Yeah, yeah. you know, you got Paz Vizsla, you got Rusty Scrotum, you got, you know, the Mandalorian. <laughs> What's that? What, what was that guy's name? Those are the other bounty hunters or wannabe bounty hunters' name, Sean? That uh, um, uh, grief cargo was talking to in that one scene. Like you had your chance. Oh, dust breather, or dust breather, or dust you, or breather. You had your chance, dust breather. Now get out of here. Get out of here. Guy, Carl Weathers is like, it, it, it's like over the top acting, but it's like so good. He's just like so intense. I love it. <laughs> He's perfect chance, for that character. Breather. Now get out of here. He's perfect for the guild leader of a bunch of bounty hunters. Yeah, yeah. He's then, what's the uh, quote I sent to you earlier? He's like, "Oh, let's, let me take you to the Twi'lek bathhouse or whatever." He, yeah, whatever he calls it, <laughs> Twi'lek bath relaxation place. But hey, yeah, let's uh, let's go check that place out. Let me try my new uh, recipe for calamari flan. <laughs> <laughs> Fish jello. Oh man, yeah. So where do you think we go from here? I, I was just going to ask you, where where does he go now that he's leaving? Hmm. Well, somebody, he, I know, I mean, does he go back and see uh, Ugnolte? Does he go? I know and, jo- uh, Josh was just saying that he thinks that he might go back to Ugnolte. Yeah. So maybe that's where he hides out at while he's, while he's figuring out what to do. All right. So another question for you. We see another flashback in this. So we've seen two flashbacks when he was a, a child before he was a foundling, right? With the yeah, with the super battle droids. <laughs> awesome. Super battle droids. So the last one that we see, 
when they're forging his breastplate and stuff when he gets his dope new armor <laughs> is uh he gets put in that like bunker bomb shelter. yeah bomb shelter and then it opens up and there's a super battle droid there right what happens next because he doesn't get killed who saves him i have a theory so yeah like the theory i mean maybe he just gets taken and turned you know made to be a warrior like they bring him in and start training warrior he goes to some sort of training camp for young kids to indoctrinate him or something i don't know what do you think t to be honest with you i don't know um I know you I don't know, know <laughs> but I want to know what your theory is. I know you hear that big explosion. Right. Yeah. So, like, or, what was that? Or, um, or? Was it, or maybe, like, a second after it cuts, something just blows up that super battle droid and somebody else rescues him. Mm. So, like, a, a, like one of the ships, the, like the A-fighter or the TIE fighter? I mean, something could happen. Like, I mean, he was about to get shot, or the super battle droid is pointing at him. Yeah, he was getting ready to be destroyed by that. Yeah, but this is in the middle of the Clone Wars. Right. Maybe it picks back up, like a second after that next flashback, and somebody takes out that super battle droid and, like, saves him. I think so, too. Here is my. All right. I think it's possible Yoda himself saves him. And you think that's why he has? Yeah, but would he really? Tra- I mean, if he had that, if he had that strong of a connection with Yoda, you really think that he would give up a baby Yoda? I mean, I don't think he had a strong him. connection with him. I, but I think like it's just like Yoda might just save him and then walk away and not, you know, just like continue. Like he just like saves the kid and then he continues fighting battle droids. But maybe he just remembers, or maybe just so, another jet. I think a Jedi, so, but I think it would be good if it was Yoda because then he's like, I remember that. Kind of guy kind of looked like me, and there's not a whole lot of them running around. What about the comment that Mandalorian and Ugnolty made when they seemed to be confused by what the Force was? Like, I don't even know what happened there. Like, they had never seen the Force be used before when Baby Yoda used it to save them from the... Well, what if Yoda doesn't even use the Force? He just jumps in with a lightsaber and cuts the droid down and just, like, jumps out. Yeah, but I feel like if you know about Jedi and you've been exposed to Jedi... You would know they can use the force. Maybe you they have, always. I mean, you got to remember, like the Palpatine's propaganda machine is pretty powerful. Like, so maybe he is just. He might have been aware of Jedi, but in like the same sense that like Han Solo was aware of Jedi. He was aware there were Jedi, but he's like, oh, it's just a bunch of simple tricks and nonsense, you know. So what about what about this theory? So I'm on board with you. I think that somebody saves him after that. But what if it's somebody that we haven't seen yet, like somebody who. I don't know, just saves him and like helps raise him. And that's who the Mandalorian goes sees after he escapes in episode four. So we know at one point he goes to the planet um, where we see the chick uh, holding his helmet and stuff. And it's kind of like, like the shots from Vanity Fair and stuff where uh, there is some sort of uh, like a cabin, like hideaway. Yeah. Yeah. So possibly that's maybe who saved him. Yeah. I mean, Or maybe like a, I mean, it would tie in well. Like the next flashback like shows sibling, him getting saved by somebody. Sibling. It could be a sibling. Somebody saves him, and you know helps raise him or saves him here. So uh, after episode three, when he you know leaves and he doesn't know where to go, he goes to who he's familiar, and he goes to somebody else, a friend or something. So that's where he goes to, and that's who he goes to see and hang out with. I'm interested. That's my, that's, that's my or theory. Or this covert. 
learn more about the uh, Mandalorian ways now because <laughs> like Hannah said, Hannah and I were talking about, my wife and I were talking about this earlier. And she said, so have the Mandalorians always not taken off their helmets? And I said, no, you know, in the Clone Wars, they had, and I was explaining to her about how they were warriors and then they became pacifists, but there was still a sect of them that wanted to be warriors. And then there was a purge, so they got all but wiped out. And I said, think of it this way. It's kind of like they are the orthodox version of the Mandalorians. They're like the hardcore we're gonna we're going back right. to the old ways. This is the way. This is right. the way. We're gonna this go back the to the old Mandalorian ways. We're gonna go back to maybe that's why when uh Ugnolte Quill says something about the Mythosaur, those are the people that they rode the Mythosaur. They rode the mighty Mythosaur. It's more Yoda than Ugnolte. I mean Nick Nolte's voice is hard to <laughs> That's a that's a hard voice to like. He's very distinct. What do you think about Ugnolte, Sean? No, I mean I think he was an excellent character. Are you aware how they how they how they captured that whole performance? No. Okay. They so they took Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte wasn't on set ever. He just provided the voice, and they mocapped his face. Really? Yep. So they recorded his face movements and his uh like actions and his performance and then they built that ugnot mask to look like nick nolte (laughs) they put it on a short person and then they played his performance that was recorded from the mocap that's awesome isn't that crazy yeah it's pretty sweet (laughs) he was a good character he's a good guy i have spoke oh also i don't know if you guys caught this um, unless it was just like a slip, because you know, a lot of times you just refer to um something if you don't know traditionally in the past, say like if you don't know if it's uh a suspect or something, you know, you refer to him as a him, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Pershing, when uh the Mandalorian breaks in and takes Yid- baby Yiddle, refers to baby Yiddle as him. So it's a okay. boy. So it could be a clone of Yoda still. Could could still be a clone of Yoda. Who who's searching? Who do you think is searching? Or it was trying to get the baby Yoda, and why? And Moff they, Gideon. And, so I think it's Moff Gideon too. But why? Just to, to kill it? Mm-hmm. Or are they trying to harvest? Okay, are they so trying, are they trying to like somehow mm-hmm. harvest the midi chlorians or something. Well, Doctor Pershing, his outfit has the same patch as. Uh, so a lot of the people like war on Camino. So he has something to do with cloning. Mm. He's got that same patch that all the clones and stuff on Camino wore. Interesting. So something with cloning, I'm betting. So they cloned him. They cloned Yoda. They cloned him or they want to clone him. Hmm? And make a whole bunch of little baby Yodas for uh, some sort of force-sensitive army. Now, it's been said that uh, it's been rumored that the Mandalorian is going to address some of the formation of the First Order. And if Palpatine's had his hand in this the whole time, what if we get confirmation in this that Gideon or somebody knows, they're like, yeah, Palpatine's out there. We're doing all this for Palpatine. What if this is part of Palpatine's grand plan? Sean, do you think we could be seeing seeds sown for episode nine? Because the pen... Uh, episode comes out the day before episode nine. 
I mean, I think there'll be some sort of tie-in. Will they actually... Will they bring Palpatine into this? I don't know. I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say they probably don't. But I could be wrong. What do you think, T? I could see them tying in Nine and... um, Mando. Mando, yeah. (laughs) Um, But bringing up Palpatine, I don't I don't think they'll actually say his name in the You don't think so? No. I think okay, I think they're going to mention Palpatine's name. I think if you get a scene with a bunch of Mandalorian or a bunch of uh, Imperials, they might <clears throat> I mean, you know, that's their leader. That's Yeah, no, I think they could, but I don't see them being like, "Oh yeah, Palpatine's alive" or anything like crazy like that. Like anything Do you means- think nobody thinks Pal- nobody knows Palpatine's alive? He's just operating purely on sith magic at this point well people might know he's alive but i don't see him i don't see that being covered in this i don't think they're they're gonna like tie that heavily in with like palpatine people in this show knowing that he's operating somewhere Mm. would you like that oh it'd be sweet yeah of course i'd love anything with good old sheev I think going forward, I, I'm with you, Sean. I would like to have that amount of connectivity, but I don't think we will yet. No. However, if we get Favreau and Filoni running the ship for the movies and we get some new original series and stuff like this, then I can see that happening years down the line. Mm-hmm. What about Obi-Wan? How excited are we for Obi-Wan now? Man. Okay, so Deborah Chow, who directed episode three okay so this last episode that just came out chapter three she is directing every episode of kenobi hmm, okay so the 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 director we listened to at the beginning of the episode here yeah 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 she's heading up she's do the we, showrunner for kenobi do we have any idea mm-hmm. when kenobi is going to be coming out supposed to be shooting this year so it'll probably be coming out next or it's shooting in uh 2020 so, so 2020. by the end of 2020 or early 2021 Mandalorian chapter two or Mandalorian season two is already shooting. Dude, if it's anything as good as the Mandalorian is, I am already stoked for it. Oh man. Oh, Ewan McGregor. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pumped for Kenobi, especially after seeing this and just seeing how good it looks. It looks like a movie. It does. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. It feels like a movie. Like we just, I, last night I watched, (laughs) Episodes one, two, and three with T, and it's like watching a movie. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. I mean, I, you know, I love. Here's the thing: I'd like, like, I like watching it like season by season, or sorry, episode by episode. It gives us a lot of time to talk about it and theorize and do stuff like this. It's exciting. But when you get to watch them all like back to back and binge watch them, it's it's even better. Like with Breaking Bad, we were watching that. Like I first started <laughs> watching Breaking Bad season one through four and right. just like binge watched it all. And it's just like you're so invested in it. It's like one long, awesome movie. This is what this feels like. Just a one, one big, awesome big movie. Yeah. Now, what do you think about the runtime, Sean? Uh, I wish it was a little longer. I, I, I don't like the one that was like 30. Well, episode two was like 33 minutes or something. Yeah. It, it feels a little short. But, oh man, think about. I, I get the you know quality over quantity thing. But like $10 million. For 30 minutes. Yeah, I I wish they had had a couple less episodes and made the episodes a little longer. I mean, even so... You get the same amount, but it's just like, I don't know. 
it just feels like a short. Now, Deborah Chow was talking about how she basically, um, the way they shot all these episodes of The Mandalorian, because it was like Deborah Chow, uh, Rick Famuyua, uh, Taika Watiti, Dave Filoni, Bryce Dallas Howard. And it wasn't like, okay, we're shooting this episode now. And we're shooting, it was like all those directors collaborating. They said it was almost like a summer camp. They all went, they all hung out, they all exchanged ideas, they all built this season together. Yeah. And uh, season two is already shooting, like I said, and it's been revealed that uh, Carl Weathers is directing at least one episode of season two. <laughs> Excellent. So we have that to look forward to. Did, did you watch that clip of Carl Weathers that I sent you earlier today, Josh? Uh, with the, the stew? <laughs> the clip from Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of meat on that bone. You throw that in with some potatoes, you got yourself a stew going, baby. Oh, we're making a mando stew now. <laughs> All right, so uh, we think that he, we think the mando's going. He's going to uh, seek refuge with someone familiar. That's my theory. What he, do you do? Uh, he got saved by somebody when he was a kid, so he's going to seek refuge with that person. It's kind of like Leon the Professional. You ever watch that? I did. Way back in the day. With uh, Natalie Portman. She's like 10 years old in it. Smoking a cigarette. Mm, I know what it is. I have not seen it. Though. Yeah, she like is a, was a bounty hunter that like took her on and protected this child. Yep. Kind of reminds like me of that. Um, what else is it? I was thinking it reminds me of something else too. There's other like movie or show where there's like a similar bot, type like, of thing. Yeah. Um. But what do you do when you're a Mandalorian? You don't know what the Force is. You've got this unknown species. You save him. You've uprooted your whole underground clan. Clan. What do you do now? You try to find a new place for your clan to go. Hmm. I hope we see some more Mando action. Ma major Mando action. Um, man, on, man on Mando. Man on Mando. Yeah. Weathers on Mando. I'd really like to see another Mando battle. Yeah, I want to see some more. Man, lots of Mandalorians. Here's um, a question for you guys. Them in their really Do we see a lightsaber in this season? Ignited? I think we're going to see one in his next flashback. <laughs> that, that, that's Roach's theory? That's my theory. I think All we're right. going to see a lightsaber. Think of it. We've seen a lightsaber in everything so far that Star Wars has put out. Yeah, they're, they're not going to put something out without a lightsaber. Yeah, they put out, you know, we thought Solo was going to be the, you know, Rogue One at the very end, we get Vader come in and clean shop. Lightsaber. Yep. Box checked. <laughs> Solo. <laughs> we get to the very end, they're like, oh, snap. No lightsabers. Hold on. Let's throw Darth Maul in here, who just ignites his lightsaber. No good reason. Just, just to do it. <laughs> he pulled a Tim Q. He pulled a Tim Q there. <laughs> just to say he did it. Just say there was a lightsaber. They had Darth Maul pull out his, whip his lightsaber out. You know, he was explaining how you uh, surround somebody, bind them, and penetrate them. And. Terrible. <laughs> the force. Did you say penetrate? <laughs> the force, it surrounds us, it binds us, and it penetrates us. All right. <laughs> That's a call. So I can say from that one. That's a call back to a few episodes ago. Um, but yeah, so I think there will be a lightsaber. 
I don't think it will be next episode though. I don't think I don't know that it'll be next episode. I think it'll be this season. I think and, maybe we save it to the finale. Probably. And do, we, and do we see the Mandalorian without his helmet on in this season? Yes. I I'm gonna in, say in, in an intimate moment with some significant other, or is it just like in public? Intimate moment. I think okay. it's gonna be like with his little step sibling, or <laughs> maybe the person who saved him. Yeah, I don't think you hire you know a big name actor like that without getting some sort of face. FaceTime. Call face out to Brendan Wayne. Brendan Wayne, John Wayne's grandson, is one of the. Uh, ben uh, Wade. What? Ben Wade. Ben. Ben <laughs> Wade. <laughs> Brendan Wayne. John Wayne, the cowboy. Okay. Yes. The actor. The legend. Yes. His gotcha. grandson is one of the uh, the stuntmen for the Mandalorian. That's cool. So there, that's some uh, old Western, you know, uh, heritage. Yeah, thing. heritage. You what know, if, that's what if Clint Eastwood came to direct an episode? Oh man, that would be awesome. What if Clint Eastwood played like a Werner Herzog yeah, like part? What if what if, what if the Mandalorian just takes his helmet off and it's Clint Eastwood? <laughs> <laughs> what? If, Taz, what if who uh Polonia's <laughs> voicing is just freaking uh Clint Eastwood underneath there? <laughs> oh my dude, that dude's like Thank 90 you. something years old. Uh, you feel lucky. Well, do you? Well, I'm excited, <laughs> excited to see what happens next week. Um, see whose theory was right. T, what's That's... your theory? Who what what happens? Where does he go? Where's he going, T? Well, I definitely think he's going to either go back. I I think he's going to go back to like like you said, um, someone familiar. His probably the person who saved him, and his step sibling. I I don't like calling him a step or her, a step sibling, but he's going to his significant other stepsister. So there's there's no 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 blood relation there. So it's okay. no blood relation. I think the it's person all who saved him good. <laughs> Is either saved other children or it's actually their child. So it's a stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe that it's definitely gonna be the it's gonna be related to the person who saves them in that okay that flashback. Be exciting to see. So you think you think we're gonna see the rest of the flashback? He's going to get saved. It's going to reveal who saved him, who took him on, and then we're going to see that person. Yes. Yep. That's what I think. Okay. I can get, I can get behind that. I still think we're going to see a Jedi. <laughs> I think here, my, my, I think a Jedi is going to save him, and then somebody else is going to actually take him in. That's also possible, right? As a foundling. Yoda just flips by, like chops a guy in half, like makes eye contact with him, winks, and then like runs off. <laughs> <laughs> then just like jumps off like a like a frog, like he did when he was fighting. <laughs> premonitions, premonitions. If you ever see a baby Yoda, mm, care for him, you will. All right, bye, bye. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> oh man. Another thing that's cool about all this and talking about synergy in the Star Wars universe is February. Um, February? February? Yeah. February. <laughs> it's February. February, February. February. Fav. February. February. Um, 
season seven of the Clone Wars hits Disney Plus, and that is going to have the Siege of Mandalore, the fall of Mandalore during the Clone Wars. What? I haven't watched Clone Wars, so. Well, we need to do our Clone Wars callback review. Um, Start watching the Clone Wars. I'll tell you what is not on Disney. Plus is the original Clone Wars uh, animated series. I'll tell you what. The original, Sean. I love that one. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I, still have, I still have your DVD. I forgot about that. Where can you get those, Sean? As I hold up the DVD. Yeah. Um, no, it's not. But they are picking and choosing certain parts of that that are becoming canon again. Oh, man, I just love that one. That was good. But Sean, you're gonna like the Clone Wars if you if you get into it. Uh, I'll admit the first season, the movie. But here's what I suggest: anybody who's listening, and to Sean himself, if you haven't watched the Clone Wars, go back on StarWars.com. If you look up, there is a chronological order to watch the Clone Wars, and it is not the episodic order. Why? Because George Lucas. Um, <laughs> It's it, it's like season you watch like uh, season one episode like three and four and then you watch the movie and then you watch like season two episode four and then like season three episode four and then you go back and watch seasons like one episode six seven eight nine ten eleven then it jumps forward again but it, yeah it's weird yeah. it tells a more complete story that way okay and you don't have to endure as much of season one's clunkiness all at once and you get more of the in-depth story that's being told throughout the clone war there is an overarching story and it mostly has to do with the jedi not living up to what they should be so is so is this like a roach cut kind of <laughs> it's it's kind of like a roach cut um but uh yeah i'm, I'm going to be trying to make the roach cut for all our listeners who know i'm making a special edit of the Star Wars saga, the Sega. As, Is it uh, getting close to being uh, ready here soon? Well, I'll tell you what. I I had a <laughs> setback. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. But, yes, it is close to being ready. It is close okay. to being ready. Our voice actor for uh, Ben Kenobi sent in his lines. I've been integrating them. It's uh, it's coming. It's all coming Within together. Like the month. <laughs> Oh, yeah, most definitely. It's like 90% done. I'm just doing, like, final touches and tweaks. Good, good. Good, Anakin. Good. What about the uh, Rebels? Is that still on? Oh, my edit of Rebels? No, no, no. no. I don't know if you have an edit of Rebels, but just the show Rebels. Uh, Rebels is done. Rebels is forced. Watch that. Rebels tells a complete story, and you should definitely watch that. What do you like more, Clone Wars or Rebels? Hmm. Um, that's a hard one. I think Rebels, because it tells more of a complete... St- Clone Wars is like an anthology. Clone Wars jumps around a lot. Clone Wars tells just a bunch of little stories here and there. So it it fills in a lot of gaps. It fills in just like a lot of canon, a lot of ancillary stuff. Uh, Clo- uh, Rebels tells a very specific story for a very specific time. And uh, I don't know. I guess if I had to choose between the two, probably Clone Wars. Because mm. it fills in more. It tells some bigger stories. It tells, it shows you why the Jedi aren't living up to what they should be. 
Um, and it fills in a lot of the lore, but Rebels also continues off that. You can't have Rebels without Clone Wars. I would say go watch Clone Wars before you watch Rebels. All right, well, I'll definitely be watching Mandalorian if I have time. We'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, hey. There's a lot of stuff. Is, is there, uh, if you make a roach cut or if there's like some two-hour long like YouTube cut-up version of it, I would watch it. That's a, so here's what I, I, I was like, working on before I started with the roach cut of the saga. Um, it's Rebels, and I was making them into like two and a half hour long, like season one's like a two and a half hour long movie. Season two, season three, season four, all like two and a half to three hour long movies telling like the condensed story for Rebels. For Clone Wars, what I can probably do is I can look through and I can suggest, because Clone Wars usually go, comes in arcs, so it's like four or five episodes that tell an arc. And there are some prominent arcs that would lead into Rebels that have to do with more like the deep lore of the Jedi and the fall of the Jedi and why the Jedi screwed up so royally in the Clone Wars and uh, basically led to their own demise. Um, Interesting. But yeah, I mean, Disney Plus is McClunky to say the least. Um, Have you heard about that, Sean? McClunky? What do you mean, McClunky? No, I don't know. Oh, well, well, let me tell you. George Lucas dabbled in the Han Shot First Greedo shootout once again. Back in 2012, before he sold Lucasfilm, and he was preparing for all the 3D releases, uh, episode one was released in 3D. They were all supposed to get a 3D release. One right. He made a new 4K cut of A New Hope, and he dabbled in the Han versus Greedo shootout again, and he added a new line. So Han doesn't even get the last word anymore. Greedo at the last second says, you know, Han's like, I bet you have. And Greedo now says, McClunky. <laughs> and then they both why? shoot the ball. Why? why? Yeah, no, that's... Why would he say, why would he say McClunky? That's what? a good question. Who, the hell, who is McClunky? Macklemore, McClunky. No, so it's... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, um, <laughs> I gotta see this. McCl- some people, some people have looked up and found that, uh, Sebulba says McClunky in episode one, and it basically means this will be the end of you. Okay, it makes a little more sense. Oh, here it is. I bet you have McClunky. We don't know. We don't know. George Lucas's last will and testament to the Star Wars chronology is, is McClunky. <laughs> so that is a uh, that's a change that people have found in uh, the Disney Plus release. Um, oh, are there any other Disney Plus changes? Uh, there's just some minor touch-ups with some of the lightsabers and stuff. Nothing uh, major that I've heard of yet either, uh, other than that. So, It's going to be my new, like, when we sign on to the uh, podcast, I'm just going to say McClunky. <laughs> McClunky! 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Oh, that's good. 
Well, guys, we are living in an amazing time. Like I said, there are 26 days left until Star Wars Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker, the conclusion to the uh, Skywalker saga, the saga, as Fernandez would say over on Collider Video. Um, but the crazy thing is we have Star Wars weekly from now until then. We have new Star Wars weekly from now until then. It's happening. This is madness. No. <laughs> this, is, this is Star Wars. This is Mando. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, craziness. Uh, T, Mr. Green T. Uh, can you, yeah, Mr. T, we know you pity the fool, but where can people uh, like, follow, or uh, just look up anything, uh, anything about you online? <laughs> Do you have a social media presence, my good friend? Uh, <laughs> T Green at Facebook. <laughs> and that's green with an E? That's green with an E. It's green with three E's. G-R-E-E-N-E. And Sean. Where can people like or follow you? You can find me at Twitter at McClunky. <laughs> Twitter at McClunky. How fast do you think that Twitter handle? <laughs> I want to look this up right now, actually. Let's see. At McClunky. M-A-C-L-U-N-K-Y. McClunky. 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 <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, Sean, are you standing by your theory? No monkeys. No monkeys. All monkeys. <laughs> no monkeys. No monkeys in episode nine? No monkeys. What? Uh, <laughs> no, there's no monkeys. Their hands look like monkeys, though. No monkeys. Come on. <laughs> Come on. No monkeys. What do we got from McClunky, Sean? McClunky. What? Do we have do we have a McClunky Twitter handle? Um, somehow I ended up on Patton Oswalt's Twitter. <laughs> Hold on, so like, oh, okay, that's too perfect. Yeah, so like the first thing is like Patton Oswalt shared something about McClunky, so it ended up on his <laughs> McClunky. All right, guys, we are the Talking Sith. You can follow us across all social media platforms at Talking Sith Pod. If you have any questions or any theories, or you just want to drop us a line, uh, email us at talkingsifpod at gmail.com or follow us on Anchor. Anchor is a great platform for podcasts, and it, it's a it's a one-stop shop, guys. You put your podcast up on there, and it distributes it for you. You can also go on there and support our podcast on anchor.com. If you would like, we will take your money. Um, but until next time, everybody. May the force be with you. Good. <laughs> Everything expressed in the podcast is the intellectual property of Talking Sith. We are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way. Star Wars is their property. We just like to talk about it.